Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. I'm your host, Paul Abernathy, and again, welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, I had a request uh, for somebody to explain section 404.2c a little bit better, and that section is dealing with the need to have a grounded conductor at all switch locations. Okay, so we're gonna we, we've done this before. I've done a podcast on this before. Uh, I haven't. I don't know that I've done a video on it, but I've done a podcast before. But because it was requested, and I figured since we're firmly in the 2017 now, people have it. States are adopting it. Uh, I've done other episodes where I showed some of the changes between the 14 and 17. So. Um, I figured in this one, we'll just go straight into the 2017 National Electrical Code and deal with the significance of this change, and I will try to give you some insight in this for those that might be still confused. Okay, first things first, uh, let's understand that the requirement to have a grounded conductor at all controlled lighting circuit switch locations is a requirement by 404.2c. That's your general rule. Um, a lot of people seem to say, well, what's with all the exceptions? There are no exceptions here. There's conditions. So the general rule is you're going to have a grounded conductor at all switch locations. That's your general rule. Now, in the 2017 code, we went to five conditions that allow you to not have to have the grounded conductor at all the switch locations. But they have to meet these five conditions, and each one are uniquely different. Uh, There used to be seven conditions in the 2014 National Electrical Code, but we took condition four and five that was in the previous 14 code, and we kind of rolled them in to the general language of the 404.2c rule. So they're kind of still there. They're incorporated. The only difference really is that previously, bathrooms was one of the areas where you didn't have to have uh, an actual grounded conductor at a switch location, but that changed for the 2017, uh, so you still have to have a grounded conductor at the bathroom switch location as well. So um, so that's the, you know, all of that has been covered in the overall scope of, of the rule. So I'm going to kind of read the rule to you and we'll discuss it. Uh, so we're looking at 404.2c. This is the one that people ask me all the time about the requirement to take a grounded conductor to the switch location. And I tell them, yes, always bring a grounded conductor to your switch locations unless one of the five conditions are met. And so if you start with that concept uh, and you're working with it, you realize that when I'm doing my wiring or my laying out that I'm going to have to bring a grounded conductor to all switch locations. And and then as long as you move back from there and then you start looking at the conditions, uh, then you'll get a better understanding of when I might be able to get away with not having to have the grounded conductor there. All right, so switches controlling lighting outlets, it's a 404.2C. It says the grounded circuit conductor for the controlled lighting circuit shall be installed at the location where switch controlled lighting outlets that are supplied by a grounded general purpose brand circuit serving bathrooms, hallways, stairways, or rooms suitable for human habitation or occupancy as defined in the applicable building code. Now that's a one long big paragraph. One of the big changes in that 
is the word installed. In the previous editions, it didn't say it had to be installed. It just said it had to be provided. You could have put it there, but it didn't mean you had to use it. It didn't mean you had to connect it. So that was a a change in the 2017 to make it clear that, you know what? Uh, That it says pretty much that, you know, it shall be installed means you shall use it. Okay? So that's kind of a subtlety to that. Also, you notice that they are requiring them also now for bathrooms, which was, you know, prior to that, it was just a list of what was either habitable and then it said if it met the habitable rules and it said bathrooms, then those weren't required. But now it says, well, it's still required in bathrooms, hallways, stairways, okay, which are clearly not considered habitable rooms, but they felt the need to add that for clarity. So you're required to have it there. And generally, these are also locations that would require you to have at least a switched lighting outlet anyway. Bathrooms, obviously in hallways, obviously in a stairwell to have these switch lights. So that's just kind of rolling it in. So that just makes common sense. Before, it, you know, the bathroom was an exclusion, really, in one of the conditions. But now it is a requirement, even in the bathrooms, that you have to have a grounded conductor at the lighting switch uh, for the lighting outlet. Okay? The switch location. All right. So, and like I said, then it goes on to say that rooms suitable for human habitation or occupancy. And again, he leaves the Let's the building code make that determination on what's considered occupancy based on the amount of square foot and what have you. Um, so that's your general rule, and that's what you have to remember. That is your general rule. You are going to have a grounded conductor at all switch locations, point blank, bathrooms, hallways, stairways, and again, all rooms that are considered human that are uh, suitable for human habitation or occupancy based on how they describe those rooms within the building code. Okay, so that's what the code says. Uh, Now, what used to be some of the allowances in the conditions in 2014 have been rolled up into the body. And one of those was if I had multiple switch locations and I'm controlling it, those switches control the entire floor area or that space and all the switches are visible from that large space, then I only need to bring a grounded conductor to any one of those switches. I don't have to bring a grounded conductor to all of those switches. Now, that used to be a condition in the 2014. Now, it's just written up into the body of the actual code test, up in the charging statement, okay? So that's one of the rules there. So if I got a big room and I got two switches, you know, three ways, and I'm coming in and all the lighting's in that same room, I can get away with not having to have a granite conductor at both of those locations. Now, i got to have it at least one of those locations, and that's what the code says here in 2017. i got to have at least one of those locations, but I don't have to have it at both of those locations. Okay, So that's what it's saying there. All right, and then lastly, it goes on and says, the granite conductor shall not be required to be installed at lighting switch locations under any of the following conditions. Okay, so what are those following conditions? Now, there, there's five of them under the 2017 code. There was seven under the 2014. But again, two of those got rolled up into the body of the code. All right? That's what we've done. And, and that was the ones that dealed with the switching, dealing with bathrooms and uh, habitable, non-habitable rooms and all that. That kind of reworded that. Bathrooms now does require it. Anyway, that got written into positive text up into the code, so that's good. Um, And then also the one about the multiple switch location rule covering the lighting of a general area where all switches are visible. That got incorporated into the general rule. So now looking at the conditions where we can 
not have to have a grounded conductor at the switch location? Well, the first one is pretty simple. Okay, 404.2C1 is simply saying, look, if you run a raceway and there's enough room in that raceway to install a grounded conductor at a later date, in other words, you calculated the raceway fill, you didn't exceed that raceway fill, even if I add a conductor at a later date, I'm not going to exceed that raceway fill. There's room for me to be able to pull that conductor in there at a later date because I've got junction boxes that are required by the code. I've got uh, all these, you know, the raceways going into these boxes. Okay. I don't have to pull it there if I don't need it at the time of this installation. That makes sense. All right, and that did not change from the 2014 code. Uh, notice it talks about a raceway, so this does not apply to cable assemblies. Totally talks about a raceway. All right, item number two says, where the box enclosing the switch is accessible for the installation of an additional or replacement cable without removing finished material. Well, if your box is installed in a wall, for example, where one side is gypsum board or sheetrock and the other side is open, then that's a no-brainer. I can obviously get to the box because it's open on the other side. If I've got a, a, a box in a wall which has an attic above it and I could get to the, to the top plate and drill down and fish one down the wall to get to the switch plate, switch location, then that obviously is accessible. Now, it doesn't have to be readily accessible because that's not what the rule said, but it is considered accessible. So I could get there and I could install and fish down a cable at a later date and replace a cable at a later date. If that's the case, then I don't have to have a grounded conductor at that location. Um, unless, of course, I needed one. Then I would obviously, we wouldn't be having this conversation because you'd, you'd have one there. All right, so that's the rule there in uh, 404.2C2. If you can get to it and pull a cable and replace a cable at a later date without having to remove any of the building finish to get to it, a la fishing it down the wall, then okay. Don't need to install a grounded conductor at the time of original installation. Uh, the next one is, is item 3 in 404.2C3, and that is where snap switches with integral enclosures comply with 300.15E. Now, 300.15E, it talks about integrated devices where it, the connection, the cable, everything is all integrated in one assembly. The chances of you going back in that at a later date are slim to none because of how it's all integrated. So it has to comply. The allowances of 315E talks about that integrated type of device. But it also says the snap swip is integral part of the enclosure, and that's very common in systems that's called like a cheetah system, which is a unique system where the box is designed with the switch, is designed with the cover, and they snap together you're not going to be fishing things in there later. You're not going to be trying to get in there later. That's all part of a integrated wiring system or design. If that's the case and you didn't need a grounded conductor to begin with, then there's no need to provide one for those type of systems. And the ones, like I said, that I comes to mind the most in that application uh, is a system that we refer to as a, as a cheetah system, and that's made by Leviton, and it is integrated. The, the faceplate snaps to the switch, the switch snaps to the actual cover, and in that application, you're, that all complies with that device that's integral in, in 300.15e, and so that is something you, if you're using that type of system, and it's, it, the snap switch is actually designed that you can't use a regular snap switch, everything is designed together and integral, then you don't have to have the grounded conductor. That's the rule there, okay? The next one we're looking at is item four. It says where lighting in the area is controlled by automatic means. Uh, simple put, 
If the lighting is to illuminate the stairway and there's no switch involved in it, it's just an automated, whether it's motion or whatever is built into the luminaires, whatever the lighting system is, if the lighting area is controlled broadly by an automatic means, then I'm not required to have that grounded conductor at that switching location. In fact, there might not even be a switching location if it's from like an automated system, smart building system, uh, integrated stairwell lighting system that comes on automatically. You know, what purpose would you need to have the grounded conductor at any of those switch locations? You wouldn't. The switch is integrated into the Luminaire application, so it's controlled automatic, you know, and that can be broadly used, but that's what we're talking about, where the lighting in the area is controlled specifically by an automatic means. Then you don't have to have a grounded conductor at that location, okay? Now, some people say, what about occupancy sensors? Isn't that automatic means? They might, but it also usually has a manual override, which is a switching component, okay? So that is not truly uh, automatic means, okay? And then lastly, number five says, where a switch controls a receptacle load. So if I have a load that's running to a receptacle and I just want to do a switch leg up to a switch, um, and I really would use just a... I don't know, 14.2 or 12.2 if we were dealing with non-metallic sheath type cable. I simply run it up there and I'm going to go up on the white conductor, re-identify it in accordance with 200.7, then the black wire coming back to the actual receptacle, that switching part of it, um, maybe the top part of it, if you will, and that's the switching component, uh, then there's no need for me to have a grounded conductor at the switch. There's no purpose for that. So I don't have to have it there. Okay, so that's what the item five is talking about. Now, all of this also incorporate things like door jam switches where it would be impractical to actually take a granite conductor to a door jam switch because all it's doing is making and breaking the switch component and there's really no need to get there with a granite conductor. Also, due to the size and the limitation, you're not going to put something like an occupancy sensor in there. It's simply a pressure switch or whatnot type of toggle uh, and so that kind of encompasses in there as well. Okay, it's an integral part of the enclosure. That would be also another example of uh, 404.2C3, okay, for those applications. All right, now, that's what we have for 404.2C, but then you go on to something that's kind of changed a little bit, and we've got added here, and there's been some changes in 2017 NEC that you have to be aware of. Now, I'm going to read the last paragraph of this rule, and it says, the grounded conductor shall be extended to any switch location as necessary and shall be connected to the switching device that requires line to neutral voltage to operate the electronic electronics of the switch in the standby mode and shall meet the requirements of 404.22. All right, so this is, this is specifically driven to the occupancy sensor application because a lot of those have to constantly be current flowing through them in order to be able to monitor any motion, okay? So that application means that when this happens in the, for new installations, for current installations that we're working on right now, you're going to be required to install these occupancy sensors that have a standby mode. You're going to have to install those devices that have a grounded conductor connection. Now the reason for this is we have some older types that were around that were still listed but they were older and what they did was they did not have a grounded termination yet they still had to have circulating current in order to operate in a standby mode. So what they would do is they would inadvertently send current onto the equipment grounding conductor and of course if you follow the rules of 250 you're going to connect all of these equipment grounding conductors together in a box 
then what ended up happening is that would go back and bond all these components together because we know that the equipment grounding conductor serves multiple purposes, right? Not only bonding, but grounding. And so when it did that, you're inadvertently putting current onto the electrical system. And that is goes fundamentally against what we're trying to achieve in Article 250. All right, so there has been some changes here. So for new installations, you have to use the devices that are going to provide a separate grounded conductor, and you're going to have to run those circuits down. But now you're thinking, wait a minute. What is this reference to 404.22? All right, so we want to go look at 404.22, and we want to see what exactly are they talking about because they do make reference to it. So 404.22 ends up stating... And I'll read it. It says electronic lighting control switches. So we're dealing specifically with those switches. It says electronic lighting control switches shall be listed. So it's saying you got to meet those rules. So yes, it's got to be listed. It says electronic lighting control switches shall not introduce current on the equipment grounding conductor during normal operation. Okay. And if it is the old style, it will generate current onto the equipment grounding conductor under normal operation because that's the whole nature of the standby mode. So follow along with me here. What's happening? It says, The requirement to not introduce current on the equipment grounding conductor shall take effect on January 1st, 2020. So we're going to give you what we call a sunset date. We're going to allow you to use those old devices up until January 1st, 2020. Now, it doesn't matter which code cycle you're on as of January 1st, 2020. This rule is effective January 1st, 2020 regardless. Okay? So, this is what happened with AFCIs when we set a future date back in the, the uh, 99 code. And, you know, for 2002 code, uh, we set a future date. And, and, and all of a sudden, that's when it took into effect. But that's what we're doing here. We're giving you a date which says, you know what? You're not going to use those older style devices in new installations because they are listed. But you're going to have to use them for a different use. Now, what's that use? They're going to be used in what's called retrofit and replacement applications. That's where they're going to be allowed to be continuously used, not for new installations. So if you have those walls that are already you know, an older building and you're trying to retrofit it out, and you're not going to take any building finish down, and you don't have an, uh, you don't have a grounded conductor to switch locations, then you still have these older style occupancy sensors that you could use. But you're going to have some caveats to it, and you're going to see those caveats under the exception in 404.2c. And we'll look at that in a second. So what I want you to understand is that for the new code, or for what we're dealing with today, that you're not allowed to use these devices that are going to impose current onto the equipment grounding conductor after January 1st, 2020. So we're giving you some time to prepare for this. All right. Now here's what the exception says under 404.22. It says, electronic lighting control switches that introduce current on the equipment grounding conductor shall be permitted for applications covered in 404.2C. Okay, so that's just going to say that's the exception. So we'll let you do it, even though we just announced that you can't after January 1st, 2020, that's the cutoff date for new installations, you're going to see that under the exception, you're going to get a little bit of leeway when you're doing a remodel or a retrofit. Okay. Now, it says electronic lighting control switches that introduce current on the equipment grounding conductor shall be listed and marked for use in replacement 
or retrofit applications only. So while they'll still be out there, those are going to have to kind of move their direction when it comes to their listing, and they're only going to be used for replacement or retrofit applications in those walls that can't allow you to remove the finish because they were compliant at the time of construction. Now they don't have a grounded conductor. We're going to let you use these retrofit or these replacement ones in those because you don't have an equipment, I mean, a grounded conductor there, but we're going to limit you in a second. So all this is doing is saying, acknowledge this rule, and I acknowledge that something's going to happen under the exception. Now we get to go to the exception in 404.2c, and what is the exception to this rule? Why is this important? Because after January 1st, 2020, in new installations, I better not see those old electronic lighting control devices that are going to put current on the equipment ground. And they're available right now. Okay, You can get the newer devices that don't put it on the equipment ground. They are available. All right, so let's go back to 404.2c, and now let's look at the exception. We kind of got the context of when this is all taking place. Uh, it's supposed to take place on January 1st, 2020. We know that we had an exception that said, oh, we'll let you use them for retrofit and remodel as long as, or replacement, as long as, and when I say remodel, I don't mean ripping all the framing members down or ripping all the gypsum down, okay? Um, it specifically says for replacement or retrofit, okay? Uh, and that's replacement of the device. But it reminds us now we have to read the exception. Now, the exception says, the connection requirements shall become effective January 1st, 2020. So we already knew that. It shall not apply to replacement or retrofit switches installed in locations prior to local adoption of the 404.2C. So if you've already adopted 404.2C under the old code, not under something new, that's why it's strictly adhered to the replacement and retrofit, means it was okay at one point, okay? And it says, and where the grounded conductor cannot be extended without removing finished material. Now, if you look at it and I'm an inspector and I see that it is very easy to add it and I wouldn't have to remove any finishing, I might not say that you can use this exception. I might say that, look, you can easily get to it. There's a conduit running to it or something. You can put it in there if you want. You choose not to, all right? So that's the application. But then again, I get to use one of the exceptions to the rule about bringing the grounded conductor there at all. But that didn't have anything to do with the fact that I've determined that I actually need a grounded conductor there. Then you're going to put one there unless you meet it for replacement or retrofit. And it's just not possible to get a grounded conductor there. If you can't get it there, then we're giving you this leeway, okay, under this exception. All right. Now, there's a caveat here. Everything obviously has a consequence to it. And here's the caveat. The total number of these electronic lighting control units, or occupancy sensors for short, on a branch circuit shall not exceed five. So I can't have more than five that are going to be in series on this actual uh, branch circuit. Okay, So I have one branch circuit that's looping through these different offices, if you will. Um, and it's simply taking power on the single branch circuit and it's passing on through to every switch box. I can't have more than five of these devices on any one branch circuit, okay? Then it goes on to say, well, you also can't have more than 25 on any feeder on the load side of a system or main bonding jumper. So that means 
from the main panel where the main bonding jumper is, the feeder downstream, if that's feeding another panel, how many branch circuits I have on that remote distribution panel, I can't have more than five on the branches, but I can't have cumulative at all more than 25 of them on that feeder that's being fed from the main panel where that main bonding jumper is installed. Okay, So you're going to limit you to the number of these retrofits or these replacement uh, occupancy sensors or more proper term electronic uh, switching devices okay so that's just you need to know that when the number and that has to do with the replacement or retrofit application only because moving forward all new stuff requires that you don't put current on the equipment grounding conductor okay that you don't put current on the on that aspect of it so you have to have a grounded conductor present for this application all right but let's say you have this rule and you have these caveats now it also reminds you that what about if I have a bunch of branch circuits let's say that are coming into the main panel can I take all of those can I exceed the, the can I exceed the 25 for that when it comes to terminating onto the bus bar the grounded terminal bus bar and absolutely you can again you can't use the connection of the metal parts or anything in order to facilitate the movement of grounded current or the grounded conductor current you still have to make sure that it goes to the terminal bus. In other words, you can't violate 200.2b for the continuity of the grounded terminal bus. You, you, you can't lose that, but your limitation to 25 of them for the feeder doesn't apply to the actual neutral bus or grounded conductor bus. And the, the five per branch circuit is limited to the branch circuit, but not anything that has to do with the bus bar. That's all it's saying there, all right? Okay, so I can have 50 of them if I want on the main panel's grounded terminal bus bar. I'm only limited to the number on the branch circuits and or the feeder that's supplying the branch circuits where these devices would be installed. That's where your limitation is. And the one big issue with that, again, is because these devices, the older style, do put current on the equipment ground because there is no grounded conductor present in these switching devices. So it has to constantly put current on it. Now, cumulatively, if I have more of these devices in series on this, this system, on this branch circuit, it can conceivably put a large amount of current on the equipment grounding conductor. It could just become cumulative effect, and that creates a hazard, because typically these aren't going to be installed on a ground fault circuit interrupter. So there's no way to detect this leakage current that's actually being forced onto the equipment grounding conductor, onto the metal parts, onto all the bonding components. So that's why we're limiting it, okay? That's the issue here, okay? So that's how the code changed. Uh, and so bring it back to me. Let's not confuse it here. You are required to have a grounded conductor at all switch locations now under the 2017, the same way it was in the 14 code. The difference now is you have some conditions of where you don't have to have the grounded conductor. So remember, you always are required to have it at all switch locations unless any of the conditions apply. All right, And the exceptions do apply for a retrofit or replacement purposes only where the building finish is not to be removed and it's, you can't get a grounded conductor there. If I could get a grounded conductor there, then the exception's not going to apply. 
But if it's pulled in a wall, MC cables, things like that, it's a finished wall and I can't get there, then the code is going to allow you this exception. And that's not going away. The only thing that changes January 1st of 2020 is that you can't use the older style electronic switches on new installations. You're going to have that have the hand, that have the standby mode. You're going to have to use those switches that have a separate grounded conductor and equipment grounded conductor termination. And all of the newer ones do. They're both listed and they are available on the market today. That's the real root of this whole change. All right. So hopefully you got it a little better and we cleared it up for you. Uh, I encourage you to visit our websites at uh, masterthenec.com or electricalcodeacademy.com. Visit our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search for Master the NEC or go to our Twitter page and search for at Master the NEC. Or better yet, you can get to all of those, all of our social media from our website. So just go to our website at the top. You'll see all of the links that are associated with our social media. And I encourage you to subscribe, click through them, share them, listen to them, watch them, enjoy them. It's all free for you, trying to help you better understand the National Electrical Code. Um, And I understand it's difficult sometimes in a podcast to visualize it because obviously it's not visual. But I try to paint the best picture I can. And again, as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at electricalcodeacademy.com or info at masterthenec, all one word, Com. And I'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions I can. Elaborate in more detail if you need it. You have an exam coming up and you want to know something in a little more detail, please feel free to reach out to me uh, and I will answer your questions. If you go to our website, we also have a, a forum where you can post your own message board forum. You don't have to worry about being belittled in the forum. It's a belittle me zone where we, I should say a belittle me free zone where you can ask any question you want. Okay, till next time, stay safe, God bless And hopefully I've helped you learn the National Electrical Code just a little bit better than you were more than 30 minutes ago. Thanks again. Take care.